I didn't really realize that there's a lot of technical things that go into the actual blogging. I just thought, just like many people, that if there was something that you had on your mind and you wanted to talk about, you could just write it. The We Pivot Podcast is for you if you're a woman who has recently pivoted into entrepreneurship. You'll find digital marketing tips, trends, and strategies to help grow your business in today's digital world. Join Tona and Al Haywood as we have fun breaking down all things digital marketing. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the two-part episode five of the We Pivot podcast, The Art of Blogging. We are Al and Tona Haywood of HaywoodDigitalMarketing.com, where we help bring digital marketing clarity to women business owners around the world. Now, in episode five, we're going to discuss two very important subjects that will aid in your blog success with search engines. In part one, we'll give five SEO on-page factors that can affect your blog results rankings. And in part two, we will give six proven ways on how to optimize blog content for search engines. Now, I do want to say this, although it is clear that blog content does contribute to your SEO, Google has many, many, many algorithm updates that can make publishing the right kind of blog content very tricky if you don't know where to start. Some blog ranking factors have stood the test of time, while others are considered kind of old school. So we're going to give a few of the top ranking factors that can directly and indirectly affect blog SEO. As a rule of thumb, take time to understand what each of these factors does, but don't try to implement them all at once, okay? They each serve a specific purpose and should be used to meet a specific SEO goal for your blog. So we're going to jump right in. Tona, you want to take the ham? Sure, I'd love to. You know, when I think about blogging, I remember back in probably 2017 when I seen a lot of people blogging and I was reading a lot of different blogs done by people Mm -hmm. and I didn't really realize that there's a lot of technical things that go into the actual blogging. I just thought, just like many people, that if there was something that you had on your mind and you wanted to talk about, you could just write it. Just jot it down. Just jot it down, type it up and put it out there on the internet and people would find it. Mm. But what I found is that is not the case. Sometimes when we're writing, we write about things that we feel that are on our heart to write about, but those might not necessarily be the things that your audience is looking for. So you really have to be strategic when it comes to things that you decide to write about and put out there so that it can get found. And some of the things that we probably don't think too much about, but Google does, would be dwell time. When you think of the word dwell, some people may think of dwelling as dwelling in a specific place, you know, a specific place that you dwell, a home or something like that. Well, in Google's case, what dwell time means is basically how long someone is staying on your site. 
how long are they reading whatever the article is that you have? And a lot of times with blog posts, blog posts tend to get higher bounce rates because people read or they speed read or they skim. They may only skim just the headline or a couple of the titles, but not really engross themselves in it. So a lot of times individuals will get higher bounce rates, meaning that people aren't staying on your particular blog post for a long period of time, which to Google means that people aren't really interested in that particular blog, which can indirectly affect you in your blog posts showing up to your specific target. Now, let me say this. Now, to me, dwell time can be very subjective because you can have a blog that's like a short form blog that takes just a minute or two to read, but you're telling me Google will look at that and say, oh, you're a reader, haven't read your blog for that amount of time, and they're going to penalize you for that. That is true. Yes. Isn't that something? I mean, they'll be penalized. And you're right. What if they're just a fast reader and they just got through it? Well, Google is not timing the fact that they actually got through it in a fast amount of time or if they enjoyed it or not. It's just going to mark if it went fast, then it's going to be be considered that that person didn't stay on that blog that long, which can, like I said, indirectly affect you. Right. So I guess also with dwell time, because it does affect your SEO, you don't want to manipulate your content to change this metric just to meet that dwell time. Well, yeah, you don't want to manipulate it. But all in all, when you're producing a blog, you just want to make sure that it meets certain criteria that your audience is looking for. That way, you'll have people that will be on your blog for the right length of time and it won't adversely affect your SEO. Okay. All right. So what we got next on the, on the list? Well, the other thing that you really have to think about is page speed. This is a really important um, thing that sometimes we don't really think about. I don't know how many people are really going and taking their site and looking at it under the, um, I think it's the lighthouse or one of those speed test apps Mm -hmm. where you can determine how fast your website is loading and things like that. If you have pictures, especially with blogs, you want to make it inviting for people to actually want to read it. So we have pictures, but you want to make sure that those pictures aren't too big because if they're too big, it's going to affect the loading time of that blog and people you we all know if we get to a site and something is not loading fast enough what do we do we get off and we go somewhere else and we try to find that particular thing somewhere else in another google search right right and just a just a, a note um a lot of times you'll find uh users using wordpress to uh, do their blogs. Well, WordPress have like site plugins and you definitely want to take inventory of the type of plugins that you're using for your WordPress blog, uh, because you want to decide which one you're going to need to keep your blog running day to day and which ones were installed as a fix for a temporary issue. So 
if you have old plugins, uh, that can also affect your SEO with the search engines. That's true. I know that would be the fact with WordPress. And I also know with Shopify on our other um, Christian boutique site, we use Shopify. And if you have a lot of third-party apps, what tends to happen is it makes your website load a lot slower and especially pages like your blog and things like that. So you always want to go in and kind of make sure that you have the only, only the apps that are most useful to you so that you can make sure that you're increasing that page load time. So always, it's always a good idea to just check those apps or plugins, apps or plugins, whichever one. So the next one is, I believe, mobile responsiveness. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's a a biggie. That's a biggie. You know, did you know, Al, that most of the people who are listening to our podcast listen to our podcast through a mobile device? I actually saw those stats the other day. I think it's almost half, like 45%. Ooh, it's more than that. Oh, it's much it, more. It, it must have changed last time I seen it. <laughs> I think it did. Um, it's much more than that. Most people are listening to our podcast via a mobile device, which means whatever they're listening through, if they're going through the Buzzsprout site or our website or Facebook or whatever, those mm-hmm. sites have to be optimized so that people can get to the podcast quickly and so that they can start listening without any hiccups. Right. So that's the same with our, you know, whenever you have a website and you have a blog and it's on, you know, uh, your particular website, you always want to make sure that it is responsive, mobile responsive, because Mm -hmm. if it's not, you will have people who will not be happy if you can't see everything, you know, if some things are to the side or they're not formatted correctly, that will make your user not happy with utilizing your particular website. So they will veer off to somewhere else. Right. And then there's also Google Analytics. uh, If you want to keep an eye on how your mobile um, is performing, because Google Analytics is really, really good with uh, giving giving the stats on that. Yeah, it does. It also can, you can also run a mobile speed test too, because you want to make sure your mobile site is fast as well. Because if it's not fast, people will get antsy and Mm -hmm. move on somewhere else. And Google will ding you. That's right. They will, especially if you have a lot of those things happening. Right. So our next one on the list is index date. Tona, what is index date? Well, basically index date is where the search engine will index the information that you put out on the certain time that you put it out. So it basically will look at the specific content and when you published it and the Google crawler will basically crawl your content and will basically assign it a specific index date. Now, when you're setting up your index date, because you can set that up with your blog. Is it wise to take existing blogs and let's say you had something that you wrote about in 2021 and you want to repurpose it in 2022? Does Google kind of take that in consideration as like new content? 
yes, I believe they will take that into consideration as new content because you're changing it up. You're changing it up from when it first was published. Right. So you're just pretty much updating it with just whatever. I don't know. Just you're taking into account updated content and what whatever else you would do. Yeah, but pretty much. Um, I think the indexing is very important, but it's not necessarily something that you specifically are doing. It's something that Google is doing on the back end. Okay. So whenever you put something out, it's going to be indexed. Now that can happen fast or that can happen slow. Um, There's ways to do it manually, but all of your items that you're putting out there will be indexed. Good deal. And our last one, number five, recent data. Um, Basically, recent data, I feel like it seems as though it kind of goes into the same thing as indexing. When you're indexing, you're usually, you're putting out stuff, you have a specific date that you put it out, Google is going to index it. Recent data is making sure that whatever it is that you're publishing is up to date and it's it's the new trend. Like you don't want to, let's say, have a blog post out there that is talking about Facebook ads and mm-hmm. the things that you're talking about with Facebook ads has to do with something from 2018. Well, that's not going to be recent data. So you want to make sure that everything that you're putting out is up to date so that individuals who are reading your blogs feel like they're in the know or they're getting the up-to-dated information and not getting things that were back from 2018 or 2019. And that goes along with the indexing and the thing that actually helps you is like, let's say you did have a blog that was from 2018. You can go back to that blog, update it with the recent data and make it more, make just make it more user friendly for your audience now it, because it's up to date. Right. And I do want to add that if you link out to a credible site uh, that's related to your blog, that would also tell the search engines that uh, the type of data that you're presenting is definitely relevant uh, to your readers. And they're also our search engines are going to give you um, a positive for that. That is true. Um, I forgot to talk about that. You always want to link out to credible sources not sources that might be spam or that don't have a high authority score. You don't want to do that, but ones that are actually relevant to what you're talking about, that definitely helps you. Mm. Okay. I like that. I like that, Tona. So that ends part one of our, the art of blogging. Uh, Tune in to part two. It is posted right now. We will see you then. All right. All righty. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. We're so excited that you tuned in to the latest episode of the We Pivot Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Now, whether this is your first time or not, please make sure to subscribe and share with a friend who can also use some digital marketing guidance as well. Until next time.